G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. There are many misconceptions about a genuine Christian life. That it's a life of religiosity, perhaps of intolerance and no fun, and of defeated individuals, losers, that had no choice but to come to Christ. In today's program, we're going to see that people who come to Christ do not face defeat, but are triumphant. And our series is called Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. This particular lesson from 2 Corinthians 2, verses 12 to 17, is entitled, You Can Always Triumph in Christ. Now, it starts off with Paul, very personal portrait of Paul here in 2 Corinthians, speaking about how he went to a place called Troas, which is in northwestern Asia Minor. In other words, northwestern Turkey. Troas, of course, is ancient Troy, which was immortalized by the Iliad of Homer, and where the Trojan horse brought the city to its knees. It was Helen of Troy that caused 10,000 ships to be set sail. So in this same place, he now had an open door. But what happened is he couldn't find his brother Titus. He was restless in his spirit. So he left them and left Troy and went northwest away to Europe and Macedonia, which is northern Greece. And after speaking this way, and we don't know whether Paul forsook his open door opportunity or he still preached. It's not clear. But what is clear is in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. What a powerful verse. It says that God always leads us to triumph in Christ. We do not have permanent defeats in Christ. We are not losers in Christ. We're not on the losing side in Christ. Sure, it is possible to maybe lose some skirmishes and lose some battles, but we don't surrender. We don't quit. We don't run away with our tail between our legs. We're in Christ. And what happens is, even in defeat, there is victory. Because what happens, we press into Christ, and what was once a defeat is now converted. When so many people, including Christian people, are taking the path of victimhood, feeling it gets them attention, it gets them entitlement and compensation, it, uh, it can be used as a prod against others, and always this kind of mindset leads to defeat. It does not lead to victory. On the other hand, 
a life lived for Christ, which does include in the pathway of discipleship, self-denial, cross-bearing and following Jesus. Don't think for a moment that this is the way of misery. On the contrary, it's the path of the just, a shining light. It is the way of discipleship. It leads us to the desired haven. It brings us victory and the aroma of Christ wherever we go. But what it tells us is because we are the aroma of Christ, when we're with those who are not with Christ, we are like the stench of death. And for those who are in Christ, they smell the aroma of life. You know, it's the same aroma, but the perception is different depending on the spiritual condition of the individual. Who is sufficient for these things, it tells us. Well, we're going to learn the fact in chapter 3 of Second Corinthians Our sufficiency, our competence, our hope, and our future is found in God. And then finally, it tells us we are not as many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Peddling the word of God. You know, some have been accused, and perhaps rightly so, that they're in the ministry for the money. Normal ministry isn't laden with money. However, ministry costs lots of money with, before you've even drawn one dime or cent in salary. It's costly, and God will help pay the costs. He's good. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. But we don't do these things for the money. We do them to fulfill the call, extend the kingdom, and see lives transformed. Well, there's so much to learn here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read the passage, chapter 2, verses 12 to 17, with this theme in mind, you can always triumph in Christ. Again, 2 Corinthians 2, verses 12 to 7. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia." Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God speak we in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. Again, let's hear the word of the Lord. Back to verse 12. He says that he came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel. A door was opened to him from the Lord. Now, this is the apostle speaking personally again of his ministry, his itinerary. He goes to Troy in northwestern Asia Minor. He's there to preach the gospel, and apparently a very wonderful door is open to him. However, that door doesn't seem to stay open, or the door may stay open, but Paul doesn't seem to utilize it. Because he says here, and it's a very personal note, I had no rest in my spirit. That's verse 13. I had no rest in my spirit. Why didn't he have rest in the spirit? Because he could not find Titus, his brother. But taking his leave of them, he departed for Macedonia. Little geography lesson again. Troy, or Troas, is in northwestern Turkey, but on the Asian side. It's not on the Gallipoli side, which is part of Europe. It's across the Dardanelles, south of the Dardanelles, 
on the Asian side. Macedonia, on the other hand, is on the opposite side of the Dardanelles. You go to the Gallipoli Peninsula and you go beyond, and without too much distance, I estimate 200, 250 kilometers, you're in true Macedonian territory. Distances are not vast. So Paul goes from northwestern Asia Minor slash Turkey to northern Greece because, well, his brother Titus was not there. It is not clear whether he took up the opportunity to preach and left prematurely or left early. Perhaps Paul didn't preach at all on that opportunity in Troas. Of interest, in Acts chapter 20, Paul spends seven days in Troy or Troas. It's there where he's speaking late into the night that a young man called Eutychus is sitting on the windowsill. He gets sleepy because Paul was talking a long time, gets so sleepy, in fact, he falls backward out of the window, hits the ground, and everyone thought he was dead. Paul basically raises him to life again. So that's a pretty good open door in Troy. Nevertheless, despite Paul's restlessness and seeming premature departure from this place, it says in verse 14, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. This is one of the great verses, I think, of the whole New Testament right here, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. Because despite the seemingly defeatist tone of the previous verse, Paul quickly reverts to a theme which we should all embrace. That theme, friends, is called victorious Christian living. The Christian life has many wonderful attributes, and this is one of them. It is a life of victory, total victory. It's not just a victory over short-term indignities and challenges and trials and battles. It also is a long-term, permanent, comprehensive, spiritual, and eternal victory. One of the great verses on this is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. And it says, Now thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus doesn't give us a victory, like a military, political, or sporting victory. He gives us the victory, which is the victory of victories. I have teaching series on this, but let me summarize. Jesus Christ gives us total victory, the victory. And these victories can be summarized in seven areas of life. Nobody has achieved the victory in even one of those areas, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ obtained victory in all seven. These areas are formidable foes that no other person, no ideology, no other religious dogma has ever conquered. Jesus conquers them all, all seven. Jesus gives us victory over sin. Jesus gives us victory over sickness. Jesus gives us victory over the world or worldliness. Jesus gives us victory over danger. Just read the 91st Psalm, and there's many other promises as well. Jesus gives us victory over the devil. Thank God for that. Jesus gives us the victory over death, and Jesus gives us victory over hell. So let me summarize it. We have victory in seven areas. Sin, sickness, the world, danger, the devil, death, and hell. This is a phenomenal, wonderful victory. And that's why our Christian life must not be lived in a defeated, overcome tone. We're called to be overcomers. Revelation 21, 7, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. 
So we are given triumphal procession in Christ. Victorious Christian living is your destiny, friend. Embrace it. Let go of victimhood. Take hold of victory. That's where forgiveness comes in, keeping short accounts, letting go and letting God rule in your life. That's biblical meekness, which is very empowering, by the way. Not emasculating, but powerful and empowering. So here in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Paul gives thanks to God because he always leads us in triumph in Christ. This should be our normal, regular experience. In addition, we are called the fragrance of Christ before God and to the world. And God spreads us around so that this fragrance of Christ is distributed everywhere we go. You know, it is nice, men and women, to have nice cologne, nice perfume. Why not? Not too much. You won't overpower anyone. But especially in a day that is very image and ambience conscious, it's good to be clean and to be well-groomed. And yes, where possible, have a nice scent too. Whether you wear the best and most uh, expensive and costly of fragrances or the cheap ones or none at all, the fact is wherever we go, we carry the aroma of Christ with us. To those that are saved, it's a sweet smell. To those that don't want God, it's like the stench of death. It's a reminder of one's destiny if they don't repent. It's funny because you don't even have to say anything. You could be minding your own business, but the anointing on your life, which is, of course, the greatest extent of this fragrance of Christ, can make people feel very blessed or very uncomfortable. For those that are familiar with the Australian scene, and I've been in this scene a long time, much of my life, it has its positives, but it has its challenges. But one of the puzzling things, unlike, say, the Americans, where Christianity is taken for granted, it really, in many ways, is like the civil religion of the United States, although that is changing because of the half-century-old culture wars between the progressives and the traditionalists. In Australia, attitudes are different. People seem to have a high opinion of Jesus, but they don't particularly like the church. And furthermore, even though maybe up to two-thirds of Australians at a given five-year annual census will mark that they are Christian, only 10% of the population in any given week is found in church. So what happens is when people of faith are confronted or, shall we say, meet people who are not in the faith, the average Aussie, some of them are okay. But if they hear that you are a churchgoer, or even like in my case, a minister of religion, that friendly countenance can change very quickly, and they would like to change the subject if possible. Now, of course, there's ways around all this, and we are led by the Holy Spirit, and yes, praise God, souls are being saved here in Australia. But at the same time, this is our challenge. If we're going to be in triumph in Christ, we're going to have the aroma of triumph. It's going to make some people very happy and some people uncomfortable. So simultaneously, this is a fragrance to those that are churched and unchurched. And of course, there'll be different reactions. Verse 16 tells us, to the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life, and who is sufficient for these things? Yes, to those that are spiritually perishing, we are the fragrance of death. Doesn't mean they will stay in that state. There's still hope. But that's the reality. To those who are in Christ, we are the fragrance of life. Same fragrance, 
different meaning, different response, depending on the spiritual state of those we meet. So the question is asked, and who is sufficient for these things? In the natural, none of us are sufficient for anything. We're not sufficient for victory. We're not sufficient for the fragrance. We're not sufficient to know God and follow him. But we learn in the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, our sufficiency comes from God. And so finally, verse 17, we don't peddle the word of God. Because, after all, the Word of God is priceless, and because it's priceless, therefore, (laughs) we don't peddle it. It's given freely. Now, such people either do the ministry for great gain, the ones that peddle the Word of God, even though ministry is not known as a fast track to riches, or they compromise the Word and the doctrine in order to make more money and they also lack in sincerity. There is a temptation to water things down because the gospel and the word of God, as loving as God is, can be confrontational. And remember, we live in a place that wants to make everything and everyone safe and comfortable and not offended and just leave them alone to to do and be what they want. And of course, it'll never be like that as much as one tries. Never, never, ever. This is a rough, tough, fallen world. Offenses will come. And we need, instead of being overcome by offenses, to hear the word of God and build our lives on the rock. So we want to be those that are sincere, speak from God, and have the full backing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, what is our lesson for life? Our lesson here is called, You Can Always Triumph in Christ. The lesson for life is when you are triumphant in Christ, you become a trophy for God and symbolize this victory wherever you go. Wherever you go, people see a trophy and people smell the fragrance. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education. Thank you for liking our page. Also subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter to help you understand the times. That's what Issachar is about through articles on the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's word. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. You cause us always to triumph in Christ, whether we feel like it or not, whether the world acknowledges it or not. We not only triumph, we are your trophy, we are your fragrance wherever we go. Help us to live our lives not out of pride and not out of penury, but to live it with victory, knowing we can hold our heads up high because we bear the name of Jesus. In whose name we pray, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.